0: Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
0: So that means you have to introduce the podcast.
1: Oh, okay. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Art and Bullshit Podcast. I am your co-host today, Danielle Campino, also known as Danny. Thanks for having me, James.
0: Hey, thanks for coming out. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like, hold, 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 hold. see all right you guys time out because we just gonna run with this one uh let let me get my shit right because we got it it's it's wednesday it's a we hit you guys with a double feature what is today it's woman crush wednesday we got danny Casino in the motherfucking place ow so what's Hi. up um okay so let's get some housekeeping out the way First, uh, welcome to episode 49 of the Art and BS Podcast, a podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I am your host, James Geralds. We're staying in place. We're sheltering. We're holding it down in the West Coast, y'all. <laughs> for real. Shout out to the listeners on Apple holding us down. Please leave a review. Cats over on Spotify. Smoke it if you got it. Drink it if you got it. You know it's really good. The You're three niggas. Like facts the three (laughs) niggas on google stay six feet apart keep your mouth covered when you cough listeners on the web we appreciate y'all essential workers hold your head we appreciate you uh being out you know in the city so we can still get chicken to fry salmon to saute and all that good stuff armed forces we appreciate you fort jackson i see y'all doctors and nurses we love you keep coming back yeah yeah. So it's episode forty nine. What's happening? All right, lucky number forty nine. <laughs> Wait, when did forty nine become a lucky number? When it when it became our podcast, I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, I like that. I like the energy.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. So, Danny, how's your day been so far? Uh, a
1: lot of zooming.
0: A lot of zooming, man. A lot of um my classes wait hold uh, on stop stop because i I, i've been really disrespectful and i didn't properly introduce my guest (laughs) so let me let me let me put some respect on this woman's name okay all right because it it usually i i I, you know it's, it's been this episode for those who don't know we've been trying to get this going for probably the last half an hour 45 minutes Um, so, you know, we've been going back and forth. So that's why the beginning is so, um, (laughs) I'm throwing off. We've
1: been trying to to get this going for six months. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Okay. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. Okay. So then that's why I'm saying I got to get a proper intro. So let's go ahead. My next guest on the Art NBS podcast, um, yeah, what can I say about this woman? She is an oracle of oil paint, uh, a chingona of charcoal, a bareness <laughs> with the brushes. You know, you may have seen her in such tattoos as the 3D Mario flying off the dude, <laughs> the burning bush tree that's almost complete, certain paintings as... Uh man, you got a lot of fly shit. I'm trying to think what what paintings I can I can drop off on these cats. Man, you got a bunch of them self portraits. Uh, women who are you know holding the skulls of men, and we'll talk about that, which I thought was based on uh, the sirens, and you said it was based on another painting. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I mean like immaculate portraiture. Yeah, still lifes. that are fucking nuts. Landscapes. that are crazy. Stop. Uh, What else can I say about my guest, Danny Cancino? Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank
1: you, James. It was really nice. Very,
0: very kind intro. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) now we can officially get started. Yeah,
1: man. A lot of uh, Zooming uh, because I'm in class uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and uh, Tuesdays for a little bit of time, but um, three and a half hours of being on webcam is really hard, It's really hard um, when you're used to like studio settings used to seminar settings, you know, definitely a different w- uh, way of life that I'm just getting used to.
0: Mm. So talk about it, like, the the adjustments that you've been making.
1: Well, right now I'm a grad student at USC, so I'm in their Master's of Fine Art program, and uh, this is my second semester in, and it's um, it's definitely a different program now, you know, just... Um, not being able to be in my studio, not being able to have access to uh, my materials on hand, or have access to the maker spaces that we had, um, is mm-hmm. really hard. It's really hard on a studio artist, on a visual artist, on any kind of maker. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: For sure. So, what has been the hardest part of adjusting to all of this?
1: Um. I guess that part, like isolation, because as a as a visual artist, as a tattooer, I need to be with people, you know. I'm I'm my work is very intimate, you know, working on skin is very close. You're with this person for hours on end and um and I'm not able to do any of that right now. But the visual arts aspect, like the painting aspect, it's like to have somebody in a room with you looking at a painting or talking about a painting is a completely different Experience than looking at it via Zoom via uh, screen sharing. You know, how, mm-hmm. what? How much can you get from a, a fucking twelve foot painting or twelve foot piece or something um, on a camera? It's really hard. I mean, we're we're doing the best we can, and I understand that. Like, we're all gonna have to make adjustments. I just, um, you know, like everybody else, I just can't wait to be back around around everybody, around my cohort, around my friends, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's. It's uh, it's hard to stay focused on the task when you don't have like anybody to share. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and then also it's it it's pretty hard to get a sense of scale through a, a computer monitor or through a phone or anything like that. You know, oh, um, because it's like you when you. You see these small paintings, you get a sense of like, oh, wow, the artist packed so much information into that small space. Or when you see these grand, grandiose paintings, it's like, wow, I feel like I'm a part of this, you know, like it's engulfing me. But if you're looking at it through a screen, you're not able to, you know, get a sense of that scale. It's kind of like when you look at the sky through a, through a screen, you can't really appreciate the volume of the clouds.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then like all the other elements about that work, like the way that it's hung, so like uh, the border or the edging around the piece, like the texture of the paint, if it's painterly, if it's flat, if it's smooth, if it's rough, like all those, all those things uh, get taken away, you know, you can not experience mm-hmm. those things. Um, it definitely makes you appreciate being able to see artwork in person definitely Mm -hmm. appreciate going to museums or going to places. Get out there, people, man. Go look at some fucking work because it's a whole other world when you're out there and experiencing this with other artists and seeing it like the way it's meant to be seen, you
0: know? So, Danny, what was your first memory seeing art?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I guess my first memory, okay, my first memory seeing art, like, art, art, we're talking about the umbrella of art, is Disney, No? Mm. Like, that's always been my oldest memory, is, like, Disney, like, Winnie the Pooh, fucking all old Disney films, um, animation, like, all those old animations and those old, like, slides and watercolors and things, the elements that were used in um, Disney work were the first things to make me drawn, pun intended, to artwork, you know? Um, yeah, and then later on, like, comics and stuff, but, like, I have to say Disney's, like, the first, you know? That, like, started it all. Um, okay. But, I mean, it's it's funny. I'm not, like, a crazy Disney fanatic or anything, but I do, I gotta pay respect, you know? That's, like, that's the OG. Like we had every VHS of every Disney, movie, you know, until they stopped making v- VHS videos,
0: you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Back when they came in that thick plastic.
1: Hell yeah, man. You got the cases all lined up real nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> that. It was like, it was um. like currency. I, w- I remember like training that like currency with my cousins. Like I'll trade you Beauty and the Beast. But you're gonna lend me sword the stone, and we're gonna write our fucking names on it, motherfucker. So you know this one's mine. I'm gonna get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next time I see you, it might be two weak. You know.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so does the artistic gene run in your family?
1: Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that. Um, I can say that others have pursued that in that way, but there's definitely like the creativity. And like the um, the skill, I remember being real young with my cousins um, and we would just sit around and draw all day. And they drew really well, you know? They just didn't go into art, but they always had like that kind of skill set, um, which was really fun, you know? And then we kind of grew out of it. And people tell you that you're gonna be a starving artist. I so don't do that shit. And everybody else listens, except <laughs> me. <you know? laughs> so so here I am. Um, no, nah, no, nah. I mean, like, I, you know, it's funny because people like to say that shit, but honestly, going into art and going back into my first love has been like the most rewarding thing that I could ever possibly imagine or ask for. So fuck the haters, you know?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for real, real talk. Yeah. So at what point did you realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life?
1: You know, like, I, like, I just, kind of mentioned like you know you get you get kind of fed this idea really young that like you're not going to be successful if you become an artist you know um so I think that like I kind of psyched myself out of it like along with like my environment but like I psyched myself out of that real hard and it was like um even though I, I I knew I had this innate ability to draw and especially draw people. Like, I used to love to draw people. I would sit in class all day and just, like, sketch on the side of my notebook, like, the backs of heads or profiles of people. Um, mm. And, uh, I uh like, I remember, like, giving my friends gifts in high school and middle school of, like, portraits of celebrities and people they liked just, like, as gifts. Like, I would just do it for fun. Um But out of high school, I went into creative writing. So, I, I went to Long, Cal State Long Beach for uh, English creative writing. And, um... LBC. Yeah, and I just didn't, I didn't think that I could make a career out of fine art, you know. So I, I pursued English and I, I started working. I did makeup. I worked for math and I, I was a makeup artist for a, a very long time, you know, from like 18 until I went back to school. Um, so I kind of just like dropped out of school, you know. I stopped going to class. I fucking flunked out my last semester, like maybe my junior year, and I was working full time. Um. I was like third key for, for Mac cosmetics. So I, uh, I just let that, that full-time work schedule take over. Um, you think you're making good money at 19, but it's not the same money when you're 50, you know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm, you have have to realize that like, there's so much you can do, um, with like retail, um, or like the, I mean, not to knock like retail or, or say anything like that, but it just like, I knew that I couldn't, like, move further artistically in the way that I wanted to in that position. hmm um, okay. Um, I mean, when I was close to, like, quitting, I was, like, drawing on the back of face charts, like, portraitures, like, in makeup, and eyeshadows, and foundation <laughs> and stuff, but <So> drawing full <laughs> portraits of, like, Eve and Zita Von Peace, and people. And it was, it was clear that it was, something that I wanted to do more than, than, than makeup, you know? So I, um, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't go back to school for fine art until I was, uh, 26 until I was, um, yeah. So I, I actually, um, okay. So this is real, this is like a real random ass story, but, uh, I was in Qatar for a couple months and, um, I was supposed to be doing makeup for like a a TV show that never happened, and um, and so I was just there, kind of, kind of just living this really beautiful vacation, um, but bored out of my mind because I wasn't able to create the way I, I needed to, like, not the way I wanted to, the way I needed to. You
2: know,
1: as a creative person, mm-hmm. you need some kind of outlet, and I found an art store, and so when I I went to the art store, I picked up a bunch of paint, and um, and I started just like painting and making things when I was there. And, uh, when I came back to the States, I was just like, no, I'm done. Like, I just need to, I need to go back to school for, for or I need to go back and, and do this thing that has never really left me. And like in my darkest time and like my most depressing, like, uh, experience was being out there, um, (laughs) uh, and and not because of like the place or the people, but just like the feeling of being alone was hard, you know, without family and friends around you, but like, you know, for, you know, um. But, but anyways, it was a revelation for me. It just showed me that, like, I really um, needed to be making, making paintings and making drawings and doing things like that. And so when I came back here, I enrolled in Rio Hondo Community College. Shout out Rio Hondo. Fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made up my, my really bad GPA from Cal State Long Beach and I transferred to Laguna College of Art and Design. And, um, and, yeah, so, like, I didn't start painting till like I said, 26, like, in community college, taking my first painting classes ever, um, doing ceramics. I've been doing ceramics since high school, so that was the one outlet that I had. Um, and then when I went to LCAD, my BFA uh, is drawing, painting, and emphasis and in emphasis sculpture. So I got to do all the things mm. that I wanted to do, all the things that I love to do. And I'm super grateful for LCAD and for that experience, because I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to hone my skill um, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. the rigorous, fucking intense program that LCAD um, provides and requires.
0: <laughs> oh, can we talk about that for um, a second? About what? About LCAD? About the program. Okay. Like, what was that like? Did they have you doing, like, bars? Were you doing castrons? What, what were you well,
1: doing? Well, uh, La- college of art and design is the name of the school it's in laguna beach california and um it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous place to be i was i'm very like grateful for that experience i was commuting from compton to laguna beach every day well not every day i mean you know during the week or whatever but i was doing 10 hour days so i would go from 10 a.m to 10 p.m because the classes at lcad the studio classes are six hours long so I'd mm. go from ten to ten and I would take two six hour classes back to back. And, uh, mm. and yeah, so I'd be like it'd be like six hours of figure drawing followed by six hours of figure sculpture. Um and and yeah, and you know, those seminar or lecture classes were not they weren't really lectures, but seminar classes were three and a half hours. So they're still very long classes, you know. Um it was a very yeah. intense program, lots of drawing. Lots of sculpting, uh, anatomy studies. I, you know, I studied watercolor, oil painting, uh, mixed media, charcoal drawing, graphite drawing, perspective. Um, it's a very academia-based uh, institution, and I really love it for it because um, for somebody like me, I'm I am interested in teaching. Uh, this was the place to be. This is where I knew that I could. Um, really hone my skill and I knew that I could uh, really hone portraitures and I knew going into LCAD when I was going to Rio Hondo that I wanted to go into tattooing. So I knew that going to LCAD would be the best preparation for me as a portrait tattooer. So I went into LCAD Mm. and I went into this program already knowing that tattooing portraitures was the goal and where I wanted to be. okay so, um so that was the place and that was a place to be and I would look at people like Sergio Sanchez who's uh, a tattooer who works at Raven and the Wolves but he uh went to LCAD and taught at LCAD and um I learned about him I learned about him in community college and followed his work and and just kind of studied up on these guys that dropped out of these art schools and became tattooers like Nico Hurtado and mm-hmm. you know and Sergio and and um matt brother, and, and these, these guys that were like incredible painters you know uh they're painting on the level that i i wanted to be and um so my mentor at at, at rio hondo for painting sergio Revia, went to lcat and so he was the one that kind of connected me with laguna college Art and design and um and yeah and so after laguna um i i went right into education which is amazing and it's just like um super super grateful for that that painful fucking experience of of having to to like draw and sculpt and learn and collect yeah, and going. share knowledge like that for hours and hours on it, it was a really great thing
0: mm. yeah it sounds like you know you you went in and as a lump of coal and either pressure pressure is going to create a diamond or it's going to bust a pipe. One of the two.
1: Yeah.
0: You came out. Oh, man, there
1: was a lot of days when I just be crying Like, and I'm sure like my classmates can like, you know, like agree or, 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 you know, have something to say about that shit. Cause it's intense. Like it's hard, you know, staying up till three, four in the morning cleaning, um, you know, Trying to focus on like minor details of things, it's it, it's so much more intense than people understand or like care to care to understand. Like they don't, you know, they think that like painting a picture is like a great time for us, and we're just gonna like have this fucking like free hippie party in our brains, and like the brush is just gonna like move on its own, and I'm just gonna like be moved through my fucking to create this beautiful body of work, it's like it's not that—that's not how it works, dude. Like, we're doing like jigsaw puzzles. We're doing like thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles, and and people don't see that's what we're doing. You know, it's like every millimeter, every millimeter of paint matters in a painting. And
2: get you your shit what? off.
1: And, and it's like, dude, you don't understand that this shit, like every mark that you make is a well thought out critical like critical thought. like you thought about that and you intentionally made that mark or intentionally like smudged that like paint or did something there and every time you do it it can either be a all right that looks cool or, you know or it could be a fuck fuck, fuck! <laughs> and my my one of my mentors hope uh riley at um At she would say she was our chair she would say she called it the one step forward three steps back and dude i don't know how legit that is it was like that's what it was you would put a fucking slab of paint down and you just made one step forward the two three steps back you're like god damn it i just fucked this painting up right now uh Uh, you know exactly what i mean james like i do
0: yeah uh, (laughs) you're that's i'm just over here laughing because you're i feel <laughs> like wow so man
1: we're like masochists we just like to fucking hurt ourselves because that's just like it's so it's so frustrating and i always you know it's like people ask why do you do this like why would you stress yourself out it, and it's like because i love this shit i don't know <laughs> i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to say man i just part of my like process it's like um i think when you had this conversation before about it being like self-serving to like your own kind of mental disorders or something like maybe you have Mm -hmm. OCD or maybe you're bipolar or maybe you're like depressed or maybe you're uh, ADHD or ADD I don't know everybody got some kind of something on some spectrum and uh and as artists I think that like what we do is self-serving to those those kinds of things that would have been hindrances but kind of aid in our process you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um Cause it's like, yeah. where else or why would I work 50 hours on a drawing or a painting and like put my body through that? Um, but it it's kind of self-serving as maybe somebody that might have OCD or might have ADHD or might have you know what I mean uh, whatever it is, it works. Yeah. And so I'm gonna keep running with it because it's working. So <laughs> it's like, and it's working, and mm-hmm. it, the proof in it working is that I'm like living, like I like can like be happy living like this. And that's everything, you know what I mean? Like, like, what what else is there Mm -hmm. to live for? Like, uh, you know, it's it's like, we don't choose to do this. It's like, we have to do this. This is the only way I can survive is by, like, making art and being the person that I am and doing the work that I do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and what's crazy is through the torment, we look and we find these parts of piece of you know whether you're painting a still life or a landscape or a portrait you know you find these these characteristics about the subject and you're able to you know well we we're charged to bring those characteristics to the forefront and I think it was Walt Whitman who said every moment of light and dark mm-hmm. is a miracle you know so it's our job to really even though we're tormenting ourselves, it's like at the end of the day, we're kind of doing it so we can make, so we can draw some sort of emotion right. out of people. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's weird because it's kind of like a selfish pursuit on the front end. But then like when you get to the tail end of the process, we're really, we're really anything but selfish uh, in that regard. So yeah. Um, see so it's it's woman crush wednesday let's talk about some let's talk about some women painters throughout history can you tell uh the people the art mbs family who some of your favorite uh painters Uh, were or um, are currently okay
1: well it's like it's funny because like when when people uh, it's so like it's so cliche to say that i'm like a frida Kahlo fan right like um, because she's like the most famous Mexican artist of all time. But like I have to like give her credit because she was the first artist that sparked my interest as as a young girl, you know, like as being a kid. You know, I remember being like seven, eight, nine years old, like loving this woman and, and owning her diary and the, the images of her diary and had and my parents took me to go see the Freedom movie when it came out, which was very fucking awkward, let me tell you um, to watch that Selma Hayek movie with your parents when you're uh, a kid. Um, (laughs) But, um, but, but my first inspiration was definitely Frida, you know, and like her relationship with Diego and like their relationship with Picasso and like that relationship to like masters, masters and apprentice relationship. Like that's, that's kind of what brought me into that world at a young age. Um, and then, mm-hmm. um, I think, like, I admire a lot of women artists that are, are, are working right now because seeing them work is the most inspiring to me. So it's like, I can go into like, okay. like historical women, um, painters, like figure painters and stuff, but I'd rather talk about women that are mm-hmm. really killing it right now. And, um... Awesome. You know what I mean? And and just doing things that that are like changing the world and like making an imprint on the world. And it's not necessarily just painters, you know? It's like, I'm inspired by all kinds of artists. Um, So like, what's really been getting to me lately, like really been hitting hard is musicians. And like music has come real strong Mm. back into my life. I I used to play instruments when I was young, Um, and I played in marching band and concert band all throughout middle school, all throughout high school.
0: (laughs) So what'd you play?
1: Um, Oh, man. All right. Well, I played clarinet and uh, bass clarinet, like B-flat clarinet, like concert clarinet, clarinet woodwind instruments. Um, I tried to do battery drumline for a little bit, um, but I kind of was stretching myself then because I was in sports and stuff. But. I played piano and guitar at a young age and was self taught with those two. and um <clears throat> and uh, I used to play guitar a lot and and it wasn't until recently, maybe the past year, I picked up a guitar again and started playing again and um and you know, I'll post little videos. I'm not good. I just like I like to play, you know. I just I enjoy it and I miss it and um and so okay, so back to the like question, like I've been really inspired by, like, female musicians. So, like, right now, her is really inspiring to me. She, she's, like, an incredible mm-hmm. musician. She's super talented. She's a great songwriter. Um, yeah, she plays guitar like Prince. I can't even, like, explain how amazing she is to me. Um, but, you know, I've been watching a lot of Erica, A lot of Erica Badu has been, like, really bringing it out of me. Ari Lennox, um, like, R&B. Like, this new wave of R&B is really good uh, right now and um and then um you know performance artists like i i'm going to school right now and my my teachers my mentors are famous performing artists you know or famous like social practice artists so I'm, I'm gonna name drop a little bit but like you know um now gustamante is is my chair and she's an amazing performance artist you check out some of her work it's it's always so great and entertaining and very thoughtful and and insightful and Suzanne Lacy who is a pioneer in like women activism and Mary Kelly who is like the grandmother of like fucking women activism and um, super inspiring women Um, you know just to name a few Um, but these women have like changed the game in in the art world and I get to learn and and work with them So um, I'm going to start working with uh, Jennifer West, who's a video artist and um, Tati Chang. I haven't really got to work with, but I'm looking forward to it. And I, I get to work with these, these awesome women that, you know, I would never have this opportunity if it wasn't for USC. So I'm so grateful to be there and Mm -hmm. to be around these women and learn about other women and learn about um, what they do and, and like their processes and like their insight on my work, you know, I'm grateful that they could come to my studio and give me insight and give me their feedback and thoughts. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess that kind of answers it, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Well, well, I hope you guys, if you didn't grab a pen and write and write those names down, hit that back button so you can go ahead and say, she's lacing you guys with the game. Yeah. For real. For real. Okay. So now my, cause we, we, I got a bunch <laughs> of questions. So let's, let's just start rapid firing. Um, Can you talk about how you got into showing art? Because we, we've talked about like your educational years, but how did you get into well, actually doing I, art I started shows? with like street art. Like I was straight a street artist before I went back to the community
1: college for classes. So I would just do like aerosol work, spray canvas, um not like tagging per se, just like aerosol on canvas or on cardboard or on wood or on plywood. Like I was part of an art collective for a little bit um in Los Angeles called Kronos and um I would paint there and make work there and I showed there for a little bit and um and so I had like this this like underground connection of other artists that were working in Los Angeles at that time. Um, My best friend, you know, paints like that, and, like, a lot of my friends are are painters and and do um, work in art and different elements of mixed media music and stuff, so that's where that started, and um, so we would do, like, little shows, like, um, I mean, I would always do things like that. I would always go to, like, backyard gigs when I was in high school. I threw a gig when I was in high school in my backyard, you know, like, um, I've always been into those kind of social gatherings and like social practice events you know like within art so um so that eventually evolved into like academia shows you know showing at Rio hondo Gallery and then showing at the American Museum of ceramic Art and showing at places like that it took me into like the academia realm of of showing of gallery um but I, I, mean, I love going to any kind of show, like how whether it's formal or informal. Like, I mean, it doesn't.
0: Um, it's always interesting, you know. Yeah, because weren't you part of a show over uh-huh. at like the Bait Store?
1: Yeah, that that was um the Bait show was in 2011. I I want to say and um and it was. A collaborative with bands and vans off the wall. So it was like shoe design and um, like this urban kind of street culture, like the skateboarding culture, music. Uh, so it was a really cool event because it brought a lot of different mm-hmm. artists together. So that was like before I was um, back in school for painting. And so that's what I mean. It's like even before like oh. going back into like the school realm of gallery showing and stuff, like I was showing like within those realms because i was just interested in being around other artists and seeing what they had to say and and um and just learning from them i mean just you know sharing and um like experiencing art with everybody was what interested me
0: okay yeah oh can you talk a little bit about the your whole experience with the grammys
1: a real good time in fact um I uh I was brought on to that from my roommate uh Starlyn Burden. Star is um a really amazing makeup artist. She uh I met her through MAC Cosmetics and we worked together and um and we just built a friendship from there and we've been friends for a long time now and her and Rebecca Aladdin who is another amazing makeup artist um you know, they continued on in makeup and are now union makeup artists. They're working with top celebrities. Um, they got client lists, I mean, celebrity client lists, You know, they're they're amazing. They're they're. I'm so grateful for the experiences with them because they brought me on to like a lot of fun projects. One of, the, one of the first ones was the Grammys, and we did the Kendrick Lamar um, performance for the 2016 Grammys. Of um Alright and Black or the Berry. And I was brought on as like a consultant for body painting. And so we did um ten of the dancers, we did African um tribal body painting, um full body. And some of the dancers were in like UV paint, so it was gonna glow in, in UV black white, and then the other dancers were like painted red, like a different um type of tribal paint. And so it was super fun, super cool. We we did like a whole run through the day before and then the day I was gonna you know, watch backstage. This amazing show that Kendrick did and um Kendrick's like amazing. He's so inspiring, you know, um at the time I was living in Compton so it was like an even bigger dream come true kind of, you know, for me. <laughs> um and uh yeah (laughs) and yeah and just like meeting like that whole team i i connected with like choreographers through there and dancers through there um that ended up in my paintings like some of the people ended up in paintings of mine um because of those connections i'm really grateful for for that experience you know seeing celebrities like in the back of grammys like i i remember like locking up this tight little like like um uh what is it called like a spiral staircase it was like an outdoor one like a fire escape type mm-hmm. one and i'm running down to my car and running up is common <laughs> and then i just like stopped oh, shit. and then he like stopped and he looked at me and he's like hi and i'm like hi and, he's like, and then we just like passed each other because it was so small <laughs> that like we had to like maneuver past each other so it was like i just fucking passed up common uh-huh. on the stairwell I didn't say a goddamn word because I was starstruck so and like just staring at him, and um, and yeah, so that was really funny. Like just experiences like that. there. Like I mean, I saw back backstage, and we're just like standing in the back, like nodding to each other, like "Hey!" Like, kind of, like <laughs> I didn't really start talking in the back, like right oh, now. Shit. Or um, I remember Travis Barker's little girl came up to us when we were doing makeup, and she asked for some lip gloss, so we got him a lip gloss on Travis Barker's little girl. And see like um, um nice uh, what's his name Robin Thicke and and Alan Sick were back there and like just seeing these people but you know you don't make a big deal you don't bother them like I'm not trying to like you know they're chilling they're with their families and mm-hmm. stuff so you just play cool you know and you're just like kind of screaming on the inside you know, <laughs> a little bit yeah yeah so that was that was right. like, one of the best makeup experiences like of my life it was so great that and uh, and and then a few months later they asked uh Rachel asked if I wanted to help him on a um I mean Rachel I'm sorry Rebecca uh Rachel is Rebecca's sister they're twins so it's like um the Aladdin twins they're they're awesome anyways uh sorry but we we did a, a Janet Jackson music video and that was so much fun it was really cool you know um Janet was like four or five months pregnant I think during the video which was like so impressive I'm like this woman's like like, magical. Our, I remember our crafty was all organic food, too, and organic juices, and super healthy. I'm like, dude, she's looking out for us! Like, this is legit! Like, is damn! And I couldn't say a word to her, you know, because I was scared as fuck, because it's Janet Jackson. So,
0: Janet, Miss Jackson, <laughs> if you're nasty.
1: Uh, like did the, the damn baby video. So we, we did the the dancers on that video, um, yeah. So yeah, there I had some really, nice. really good times with makeup. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I really, I love doing it. I mean, if there's opportunities like that again, I, of course I'd be open to doing them. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I just, I think my, my passion for teaching kind of like has outweighed that, you know, just like I want to just go into education and, and be able to like teach college part time. That's like the goal. Um, so like, I just, um, Mm -hmm. the makeup industry is so, um, demanding of your time. Like you really need to demand, I mean, you really need to give all of your time to the industry if that's what you want, you know? And I just couldn't do that. That's just, I'm, I wear too many fucking hats and that's just the way that I live, you know, I I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So that that was a see. And the thing is, you throwing these heavy generator stories out. You guys like check. She's like, Yo, yeah, I was over there, Kendrick. Oh yeah, I'm over here with Janet. Man, this is this is real talk. So now let's talk a little bit about oh uh, your culinary skills. Because <laughs> real, what was that that you cooked? You would cook something right like like in the picture. What was here. that?
1: Oh, I just made like a stick, yeah 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 uh-huh. you know I but I made it I accidentally cooked it with the cannabis coconut oil that I like. I made from some live rosin mm. from 710 Labs. Yeah, so I I infused the coconut oil because I I don't really <laughs> want to be smoking too much uh, with like this virus going around. So I was like, oh, I'll just you know eat edibles or something if I need um if I need it to sleep or whatever and uh to focus or to blame. um but yeah so i cooked the steak and then the spinach with the coconut oil cannabis oil and um and i think i'm okay i don't know if it's hitting me maybe who knows i'm having a great time but uh, <laughs> but,
2: uh no yeah oh, so you know i love to i do yeah. I,
1: I wish I had always been like, God, I wish I had more time to cook. Now I have all this fucking time to cook. All I'm doing is cooking, man. I like I but you know what? It's kind of grounding for me. It's kind of like relaxing. And it it's been the most grounding practice for me because I can control it. I know how to do it. Um and and it's it's been like the best experience in this kind of an anxiety driven pandemic that we're in for me. So I mm-hmm. I appreciate being able to cook and having mm-hmm. the time to do
0: it. Uh yeah, I've been making a lot of stuff. Okay, so you know, I enjoy cooking as well, but I wanted to ask you a question as an artist. Do you feel like when you're cooking, you're able to create something with love but without the stress of painting or drawing? Okay, wait, say that one more time. Like when when you're cooking, is it like you're you're able to create something with love, but without the stress that comes um, with painting or drawing?
1: I guess like, ah, uh, you know, it's it's still the kind of pain that painting and drawing brings because you can add a spice or over spice or under, well, not under spice, but like over spice or overcook or overchar uh-huh. or, or do things like that that will, like, same thing as a painting, like, knock you fucking some steps back and fuck you up, you know? Um, and you're like, god damn, next time I'll get it, you know? Um, so there's, there's like, definitely some hits you take in the kitchen. Um, and it's just one of those things, too. Like, I swear, I like, in another life, I would have went to culinary school because I just love cooking and I'm so fascinated with it. And, um, and so... Uh, I've definitely gotten hit, like, in the kitchen, where I make a wrong, oh, my God, the other day, I made, like, Italian meatball sub, and I fucked up in the hardest way, in the hardest what way, dude.
0: What happened? I
1: used a bread that was sweet.
0: Sweet. Wait, you used a bread that was what?
1: So I had these, like, King's Hawaiian mm. sub rolls, and I'm like, oh, those are sub rolls. I'm going to use the sub rolls. Okay. But the sweet Hawaiian roll yeah. with marinara and povolone and turkey meatballs was disgusting. It was not like good. It was like, goddammit. I just <laughs> fucked this up. But I learned, you know? And so it's like, next time I know, you can't do that shit. I need to do sourdough or Italian or, you know, yeah. So I got it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm. <laughs> okay, I can dig it. Okay, okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man, so that's clowning. I love it. So Have put... you seen Fuck
1: That so I... Delicious? Oh my god, I love that show. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. A... Oh. mm Hmm. Oh yeah, dude. Alchemist, Alchemist is so funny. and Big Body Vest. Like, such a <laughs> you such a pain i'm just like dude just fucking a punk ass to just fucking eat it like jesus
2: yeah. i know yeah, it's like half outside smoking, they smoking so- like <laughs> chilling
1: outside i'm like god damn you're missing out and they're like eating oysters i'm like dude i look so fucking mom dude oysters i love seafood. oh man Yeah, dude. I yeah. So I'm I'm definitely a foodie. I will travel for food. I will go places for food. I will spend money on food. That is probably what I spent my most my Mm -hmm. most um, leisure money that I spend is on eating something delicious. Uh huh.
0: Okay, so if someone's coming to LA for the first time, Uh, what are some places that they should go to? All right. Well, food. Once everything opens back up, give me like a a genre. Like what, what kind of food? I mean, like, uh, just, uh, like, let's do one thing from one thing Mexican, one thing American, and then one genre of your choice.
1: So for Mexican food, um, Mexican fast food, if you've never been to Los Angeles and you want some Mexican fast food, look for a King Taco. King Taco is the shit. It's legit. It's straight out of East Coast. And, um, yeah, dude, their fucking tacos are fire. The Tacos are sopes, uh, tamales, they got rotisserie chickens on Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) So roll through the King Taco, dude. Um, and then, like, restaurants, um, damn. Um, see, cause I know, like, the, like, like, fancy hipster Mexican restaurants, and, like, those are great, and I'm sure you'll find them on, like, your fucking, like, Instagram and shit. But like if we're talking mom and pop shops of like Mexican food, Max's, Max's in uh Doherty and Monrovia, like those areas, Azusa, that's some bomb Mexican food. Um, yeah, Max's and King Taco, okay? And then American food, I mean, um geez, I don't even know. It's like you everybody has like those hometown burger spots. You know what I mean? It's like if I wanna go back to Montebello, my hometown, I'm gonna eat at Thank Ari. Aries is, like, the burger place of the town. So it's, like, everybody got those places, you know? Um, And Los Angeles has a lot of, like, good, um, like, kipster, fun, interesting food. So, like, there's so much good stuff you can't even, like, I don't even have to name one or two because you can probably name 20 and they're all going to be fucking fire. Like, that's just food here. The, The food out here is dangerous. It's very dangerous in Los Angeles. There's a lot of good ice cream places. Um, okay, wait, I do got one. Desserts. If you want a good dessert, go to Donut Man. Donut Man is in Monrovia, Glendale, Glendora, Glendora. Um, but it's off the 210 Freeway. And it came out in Her, the Netflix show Her, but they don't label it. And they don't say the name because of copyright. They probably don't want to be out in Donut Man. But I'm going to endorse Donut Man because that stuff's just it. And they got, <laughs> they got, they have <laughs> strawberry filled donuts or peach filled donuts, like fresh season. So, like fresh strawberries, fresh peaches in their fucking donuts. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that one you definitely got to come out oh, here wow. and, and get some donuts and Donut Man. Um, that's probably the best, that, the best mom and pop one. And then in Whittier, Whittier is like a, a really close city to me. Um, there's a Mexican restaurant called Bizarra Capital. And it's like a Mexican fusion, like new wave, Oaxacan type of deal. Really fucking good. Really good place. They got like really good mezcal drinks and margaritas and stuff. Mezcal is my favorite liquor. So, mm.
0: Smoky. okay. Right. Well, we will take note of that. I don't know why that.
1: I had to say that, but I felt like I had to say that because that restaurant has like pretty fun mezcal drinks. So.
0: Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You, everybody, she laced you everything from King's Taco, the low key spot, to where you can get a donut yep. with peaches in it. I mean, Are what else like do you yummy?
1: want? I'll tell you all the food. I like food. I'll always step out. I'm like, you vegan? I'll tell you your
0: vegan spots right now. Got <laughs> you. That's you. <laughs> oh, snap. Let's that's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. all the time yeah i like it i like it
1: that's like yeah, so much more ha- having when your you bases covered like being able to go to like the the mom and pop shops that the locals will go to like having their input on food is so much better mm-hmm. than like you know what i mean than going to that like commercial like poppy whatever mm-hmm. there's nothing like it
0: yeah yep I agree. Um, the last time I was in LA when we were leaving we went to this place I forgot what it's called but their like signature thing was they had like french toast and pancakes but it was filled with stuff so you could get like strawberries or peaches or whatever you know fill like a french toast a piece of french toast filled with strawberries mm. and I forget the name but that shit was banging was, it and Chinatown, was it in too, south of Chinatown too shout out to Chinatown no, that place wasn't, I, I, have to figure, I can try to ask my homies where that place was. Maybe they'll remember, but the Chinatown place I ate was, um, cause I went for, um, what the fuck is that? Um, that chicken place. that's hella hot. Uh, the supposed, the, and there's like a big ass line for it. Fuck what the, it's some famous chicken place and, and there's a big line for it. Um, and that shit was just, it was stupid. So we ended okay. up going to this place called the Bauhaus. House. I think it's called And They yeah. sell these little Vietnamese sandwiches Dope. that are just, man, it's oh, yeah. banging. Some like banh mi sandwiches. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so now let's talk about some of your travels because I know you're an, extrav- I'm, an I'm extravagant really traveler. <laughs> I'm not. Nah, no, i not. I like. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, just to Qatar. But you've for, been like, overseas, just right? I've just No, and then I've just been to, like, you know, New York and D.C. And, like, but when I was younger, when I was, like, in school, I went with my school. You know, like, I never, I, I still haven't been back as an adult. Like, I haven't been to, like, the East, the East Coast, and I haven't been um, okay. to Europe yet. So those are places that are, are going to be coming up in the near future, for sure. Hell yeah, I need you you know go to the Met. I just can't believe that I haven't been to New York and been able to drink. Like like what the fuck? You know, like what is wrong with me? I haven't been able to go to a bar in New York. That makes me so sad, you know? Um you know, and then like (laughs) and go to Chicago, like, you know, and then um and and then to Europe. Right now my cousin is living in Amsterdam and I'm just like, I need to get to Amsterdam, I need to go see my cousin. And um, and check Europe out because I, I know too much about um old white man paintings to not be able to go through them. So I <laughs> you know, I'll kind that. Of. Um but you know, I just uh, yeah, old master stuff, like I you know, I've I very intensely studied those paintings for years and I would love to go nerd out and like see those paintings up close. You know. Oh, yeah. get some like, quality, yeah. quality time I mean, with the caravaggios the, like, you know going to Remire's house or going to like these artist's homes and like dude the fuck it's insane you know like um i don't know just like i i feel like i'm disservicing myself because i know so much that it would just it, it would like it would complete things. There's like these unanswered, like these un, you know, business. Like <laughs> basically, like seeing these works in in person is like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. I'm like I am those blue sense. I know all about this fucking painting. Now I get to like see firsthand what I know about it, and I get to like fully understand it. Because like what we just opened with for this podcast, it is not the same experience like seeing these pictures or seeing these pictures of paintings. Like I, I've had the, the mm-hmm. This is true because they were on tour, so I got to see Saint Jerome Writing, which is my favorite painting in person, which was like absolutely breathtaking. Like I got to sketch photos of it and and check it out a post and that was like a really amazing experience. So I could just, I could just imagine how great or how I don't know how rewarding it'd be to be there and just to see it all, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, just really geek out over all where it really you know where it all popped off at because yeah, that's that's where you really get the game at. Yeah, I mean it's is when you go to the source. It's
1: funny. I wouldn't like say it's
0: the source, but <laughs> well, I mean going to Rembrandt's me. house. I mean yo, <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I'm but here. I just um, I don't know. I feel like. It's going to be a really interesting experience now that I'm I'm in grad school. I am, I'm understanding so much more about fine art and about, and about my, like, my own culture and about, um, like, European culture and and, um, fine art and and like all the Mm -hmm. systematic kind of like racism I mean I hate to bring it up like that but like it's there but it's there you know what I mean so it's like
0: let's to, go get into to it like,
1: know all this information or be um uh, be educated on all this information and then and then try to have the same experience that you would have without knowing this information um it's like taking the red pill you know what I mean like you're not gonna you can't unsee what you've seen, and so, yep. um, so having, having this this outlook now that I have on fine art and on like old master work and on like the colonization of of fine art, you know, the colonization of like everything, like the, the you know the white superiority and everything that we do and everything that's all around us, like you can't unsee that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it's not like um, it's not like I'm yeah. I'm like you know trying to like start some shit, but I'm I'm not gonna not acknowledge it when it's there. So, so you know what I mean. So it's like so. Right. I I really want to see what my experience is gonna be like when I'm there in person. You know, um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know is that
0: like like a downer to, to say that um. I don't think so I don't I, for me I don't think so you know what's what's interesting though is we've talked about a lot of stuff but we really haven't oh. got a chance to talk about your work yet right and and, and then and, the, and some of the things that you've painted uh and you know some of the things that inspire you um You know, what you're trying to say with your paintings and your art, things of that nature. But um, before we get to those questions, do you have a ritual before you start painting or creating any artwork? I don't,
1: I mean, I definitely need music. Um, Like music's a big thing um and it like has mm-hmm. to be music. I try to do podcasts, do um do like other, you know, uh like try to do my readings and stuff But no, I just can't do the I am in the music. Uh, sounds real geeky but you know, you know. So that's definitely like a big part of my process and um I definitely smoke, you know, I do like to smoke because um, otherwise I'd be way uptight (laughs) for most of the process, you know. Uh, something just like to let me Mm leave a little bit and and that's like probably my most comfortable environment. If I could like set a stage, that's what it is for me. Um, I mean I don't (laughs)
0: Do Um, you smoke backwards because of the most smoke
1: backwards when I'm like out of work and out of school and home and chilling and like relaxing with my um so it's not like an everyday thing it's definitely like maybe once a week um just one of that like one of those things I'm gonna go get okay. be my best friend's house for but, you know. um no I mean for pain it's more of like medicinal gotcha. it's like no I, I'm just gonna take like, like one small this. or like Take some sleep because I have like CBD tinctures and I have like other things like edibles. Um, I'll medicate whatever way that I need to, like, mm-hmm. produce my best. Part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if if medicating responsibly. According to what I am intending to do. If I am just at home relaxing, then I might like medicate a little more because I want to get ready to go to sleep. Or you know what I mean? It's, understanding of your body when you've been uh medicating mm-hmm. for you know a <laughs> so it's like you start to understand like what you need and <laughs> that kind of sense. um you know so so it's definitely um it's definitely something that like that is I don't want to say like uh um, Because I was going to say it's kind of like a routine, but it's, it's, uh, I guess it is kind of routine. Because it's like a lot of artists don't have routines that they're like, like, there's some kind of stability within that, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: part of the ritual.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, and, and you know it's it's these are things that I'm always curious about with with people and how they work with you know, b- when they're creating and things like that. Now, can you talk about uh, some oh, of those paintings um, that you were doing on textiles? Okay, fabric. Stuff.
1: Um. Yeah. I um. Hmm. I started working on those like around 2017, 2016, I was working with them, but not painting directly on it. Right. And, um, and it's been a long, difficult, painful, rewarding process. Um, I have had a lot of failures <laughs> with this textile work and I've had like some good successes, I think, or what I feel is like successful pain. Um, but it took a lot of like trial and error because it's like a new, uh, it's a new medium to me. Um, it's not like cotton duck. It's not like linen for those nerds out there that know what I'm talking about. Um, it's extremely absorbent. So um, using oil, like I'm an oil painter, so <laughs> using oil, I have to prep the, the fabric in a way that it will not be absorbent. And that is a very difficult process, especially if I want to keep Mm. it um, at like a zero opacity, like the the whatever I'm filling it with. Um, I want it to be completely transparent so you can see the fabric. So um, I've had a lot of errors where the fabric comes out like milky, where it starts like getting white, where um, like different, different has bubbles, like different kinds of things. So it took a lot, a lot of, it was a long process, but I'm happy where I'm at. And I'm still, like, experimenting with that kind of thing, uh, I guess. I'm, I'm trying new things with fabric. I, I don't really want to get into it because I'm mm-hmm. not really into it yet. <laughs> but, um, but just, like, yeah, I know that that's coming. Like, there's more.
0: Okay. But, okay.
1: Um, I'm still learning with this medium. You know, like, I'm still learning from the fabric. Learning, um as I as I work through it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. but then also you were painting on some ceramic tiles yeah, right I, well that
1: like didn't you like, have like some corona
0: um, like a corona one
1: don't wear tiles that I purchased from art Bar Clay in Santa Ana um but mm-hmm. I used an underglaze watercolor underglaze to paint um like an image on the tiles that I composed in an 18 by 24 you know um like rectangle and then I fired that and then I threw a clear glaze on it and fired it again. So it's like a shiny, like a, a clear glaze, glossy finish uh, image of a uh, coronavirus attack. And yeah, and it's for the my card. Oh. Um, ceramics was my first experience with uh, an art class. So, like, I took ceramics when I was, I don't know if I was, was my sophomore year, my junior year. But it was my first art class ever, and I loved it. I mm-hmm. uh, learned how to throw on the wheel, and um, and then when I went back to school to Rio Hondo, I took a ceramics class. It was the first art class before I fifteen. Um, so that ceramics has always been a big part of my life. Uh, the ceramics instructor at Rio Hondo, his name is Robert Miller, and he's like one mm-hmm. of my number one mentors. Like he, Supporting me since day one since I was in that ceramics class with him, you know um, And he helped me like write letters, you know for my schools and, and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. so I'm so grateful for him, but But um, so ceramics is like a huge part of, of my life and um, Well, I I'm a like so a, what's a your thrower, favorite type like of clay to thrower. use? So like I, I use like a pottery wheel most of the time and so I would use high fire stoneware ceramic stoneware, so um, that is like fired um, at like 2350, I think. So it's like a super high fire stoneware. It's like the the ceramic ware that can go into mm-hmm. ovens and that. So so I'm used to working with that material, and um, and so uh, working with the tile was like was nothing but familiar for me. And I plan to do more work in stoneware, like I've done a ball relief in wet clay. Um, I've also worked in and like oil-based clay. That's what I got my BFA emphasis in, but, and that's like the kind of clay that you would use for mold making usually. Um, mm. Steel and wet clay you would use for like large, you know, obviously, cheaper keep, material, um, but play is definitely like a big part of my practice or like will be again. It hasn't been for the past semester, uh, but I do plan to take a directed study with uh, our ceramic instructors at USC. So that'll be fun. So look out for more friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah, look out y'all. Yeah, hey, save up those quarters. So when she starts throwing (laughs) it, Throw that thing Pointing out. When she starts Pointing throwing past. that... <laughs> <Past>. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay, okay. So let's talk about some paintings. Um, You know, the... uh, Let's see. You know, I'm trying to think what, what would be a, a great painting to talk about. Yeah. Oh, the one... We originally, oh, yeah. we were going to talk about so, The Sirens of San Pedro. Um, so
1: that is... Uh, a painting I did for Uh and um, the kind of idea for the painting was it was supposed to reference like an old master painting in some kind of way. And um, but like of our own, you know, um, like imagination and just kind of like run with whatever painting we are inspired by. So I chose an Edward Pointer painting. um, And the sirens cave. I'm pretty sure it's the sirens cave or um something like that. The cave something. Um but I started to like well you know there's there's these obvious things about old master paintings like um all the women being like white things like that. I, know, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, so like if mermaids like really existed, like if, if there was like sirens that lived out in I don't know, um would they look like us? Like would they be like this this like culture, like mixed people, like um and and because they live in the fucking water on the beach, like, why wouldn't they be tanned? It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm always like, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's like, what would someone that lived in the fucking water, like, or on the beach really look like? Or like, especially if they lived in Los Angeles, like, where we're like a melting pot of all these cultures and all these people. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I painted. I just like one of these girls to look like they were us, you know? And, um, and so I got like some really great models that are friends of
2: like um,
1: peers, you know, people that I work with um, gorgeous models that are like super inspiring women to me. And, um, and, and yeah, and I just wanted to like, show this fantastic element of like, women in Los Angeles you know um yeah so that's that's where that was and I I, I love
0: that movie. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic work I it definitely um you know it it captures the eye and it provokes a lot of thought you know I I you know looked at the painting and just wondered you, about the process about the story and uh, a bunch of things but you know I'll I'll tell you what let me know art mbs family here's here's the point in which i knew danny was a next level painter is when she said to me <laughs> she said hey man you ever use egg tempera and oh i was God. like no so nah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's speaking real hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, hey, But you know what? I need to get there. I need to get there. So so can you talk about okay, that painting? So because because the, no, the, the, the painting is crazy. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh that
1: there's not a really a title for this. On the blondes, yet. right? Um uh, I don't know. So anyways, I'm not gonna yeah. Anyways. Uh, this painting, yeah, let's just call it The Blondes. Um, the blonde painting is egg temporal because I wanted their hair to be like the brightest in the painting, yeah. Um, but I learned this technique from um, Scott Hess. You guys don't know who Scott Hess is? Ask Scott Hess? Go look up Scott Hess because he's an incredible painter. Uh, I got to study with him at LCAD. Um, dude. You want to like see somebody work diligently? Work next to Scott Hess, man. Like every class session, this man was painting harder than all of us. Like painting through the breaks, like nonstop. Motherfucker was done in four weeks. That painting was done, fucking glazed, like everything. And we're just like, oh my god! Like he he he's like such a hardworking creator. Uh, it's so inspiring, you know, it's like, you want to be inspired by your instructors, like, watch them work, oh my god, you know, like, that is so inspiring, and I, like, I hope one day to be that person, like, I just want to work next to my students, so that I could learn from them, and they can learn from me, and we could just, like, have this, like, frenzy of sharing knowledge, you know, <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so, um, yeah.
2: hmm
0: <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I was curious. Well, I just had to give you props on that, you know. But uh, you know, and, and touching on 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 some of your work because you know these paintings, I feel like they're they're definitely worth talking about and taking a look into. Um, so the next painting, and then after this, we'll we'll switch topics and switch oh. gears. But can I you talk want, a little um, bit about the like uh, a Firestarter a, Number Two that painting? That was a painting from a series
1: that I called Firestarter. And I, I did about five paintings. Um, I still have images from it that I would like to paint, like uh, that I might create paintings for it, um, just because um, the content, like in that painting, uh, you know, um, subject is very important to me. You know, it's it's a very personal one. I mean, looking at the painting, I don't think that like an audience would come to the conclusion like. Um, about anything that I know about this person that I painted, um, but I know this person that I painted. So uh, it's, it's my cousin, and she's very close to me. She's one of my best friends. So um, Firestarter is everything that like she embodies. Like it's what people think of her. Um, it's what she maybe is, but like in the most beautiful way. You know what I mean? Um, and like people may see that or may not see that, but it's like these paintings, I like want uh-huh. to embody like that element of, of, of this person. Um, and so like we did this shoot like for her and like, according to like the aesthetic that like we felt was like um, most representational and like empowering and like, um, you know, uh, fierce. You know, I wanna say like fierce
0: your person so yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I enjoy I mean it's it's visually pleasing but you know on a on an artistic level you know the lost edges I really enjoy that um and you know I the Honestly, my yeah. favorite part of the painting is, is is her right hand that's grabbing the shoe. I just love the way that the the lighting hits and then we'll see, it just okay, drops so off to the shadow. I'm, of, I'm really, uh, yeah, fuck with it.
1: Um, whereas like the Sirens of San Pedro is like, um, mm. like um, a tenebrism old master technique of building up from an underpainting and then coupling in. no not grisaille it's like full underpainting in like burnt numbers and then scuffling in uh white highlights throughout the full piece and then glazing in color um if you know like adrian Gottlieb, who's like a a, like current painter um or something like that like um but his paintings, like, you'll see his process, and he builds up paintings like that. And uh, that was the, the, the technique that I was taught um, by Richard Morris, who's a really amazing painter out in New York. Um, and uh, he was teaching at Elkhead at the time. So that's the technique that I used for that painting. Uh-huh. Versus the painting of, of The Firestarter Number 2 is um, I learned through Joseph Todorovic. And Todorovic is an amazing painter living in Los Angeles um, or Los Angeles area, um, but incredible, Todorovich. uh, these, these guys are incredible painters, but very different styles, um, so, like, with Todorovich, it was more of just, like, I did a line drawing, kind of, with, uh, the paint, the fire starter, um, just kind of, like, blocked out the figure and the general state, and then blocked in, like, my shadow shapes real quick, like, very general, like, in, in, like, a single pattern, you know? And then and then mm-hmm. just started coming in like printer style in like layering saturated yeah. areas of paint. So like I started going in with like straight color, straight skin color versus scumbling white and then li- glazing in like peach and red and yellow to get skin tones, you know. Um, it was a very different technique. So they look completely different in that way. And uh, I appreciate like I both it. techniques, you know. Um I think my comfort now is like doing a combination of both those things. Um, I might do a full underpainting, maybe do it in grisaille, and then like I might like a prima like opaque colors directly into areas, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dig it. I love it. Nicely. Talk like, that's like an art topic knife
1: a lot in your painting is really helpful. <laughs> Um creating that oh. like loss of edge or creating that, um, that, um, what's that called? I mean, you know, the, um, variation of edge, variation of line, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so in that, what you're talking about, the hand that's, yeah, 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 shoe, uh-huh. um, most of that is palette in. Like, I just knife that shoe in and knife that whole area uh-huh. in because it's the closest to us, it's in like the most foreground of the image. So it needs to be the most painterly, whereas like it's going, it's almost like building up Mm -hmm. like a ball relief for making like a three D image. You know, like the thicker the paint, the closer it is to like to the foreground. So like the things that are like pushed back in the background, like need to be thinner. So like that, it just made sense to have it like heavily like painted in, like the Um, So, like, and this is one of those things, like, if you, like, seen it in person, you will see the direct difference between the two paintings and, like, the application, you know, but it's hard to see, like, on TV on screen.
0: Yeah, definitely. Once all of this (laughs) shelter-in-place stuff is calmed down, I need to come and check these paintings out with my eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about tattooing for a second now we're here so how you That's okay so the, that here. was always the goal and um, now we're here for real Thank God. Um, it's been a hell of a ride
1: to, to be here Um. okay so I didn't start tattooing people until I graduated what can be of Oh, so, um, so that was in 2017. Um, okay. But I had family members, one of my cousins in particular, that has been tattooing since we were fucking kids. You. you know, like, we're nine years old, ten years old, watching this these make machines out of his fucking uh, power wheel cars and shit, um, like the remote control cars. We tear them apart and, like, make tattoo machines. And and uh and so he would tattoo himself at like fourteen, fifteen years old and and so I used to watch him draw and he used to draw really well mm-hmm. and um and I used to like, you know, kinda envy that like not envy, but you know, it's like that's why I, I like really was amazed or in awe with like with that with that like just creation of like a machine out of just things around your fucking bedroom <laughs> and then and making a tattoo machine and like popping some big pens and like tattooing yourself. <laughs> and uh and so when i got older and i guess my, my artistic skills were like out there a bit more um, i think it was even before i went back to new college i was still just doing makeup uh, my cousin charles was like hey you need to start tattooing like you need to fucking like take my machines and like start learning and i'm like no i'm not ready like i'm not down I'm not down to, like, put shitty tattoos on people. Like, I was not down for that. So, so for me, it was just, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to, like, like try to be the best fucking portrait artist that I can be, you know? And, like, really hone my skill and really get this down because I know that when I start tattooing, that's what I want to do. I want to, like, paint on people's skin. And, um... And so, like, I I saw, you know, I saw these big portraitures of big, like, arm pieces, leg sleeves, back pieces that these artists were doing, and I just knew that that's where I wanted to be. But if I wanted to be there, I needed to be on their level um, with my education, with my knowledge. Um, Some people don't need a formal education, and that is fine. I don't knock it. There's a lot of successful people, Mm -hmm. successful artists that didn't uh, pursue formal education. I did, because I need the fucking discipline. <laughs> um, but you know what? It made me better and I'm grateful for it. So like, you mm-hmm. know, like people yep. say whatever the fuck they want about it, but like it was the best choice for me. Like I needed this and I'm so glad I did it. Anyways, yeah. So um so when I graduated, um I finally let Charles come over and give me machines and give me fake skins and like I think it was six months no, it was like a year before graduating is When I got the fake skins, and he's like, All right, you know, teaching me how to use the coil machines and how to like, um, the different like needle types and like, you know, what's for shading, what's for lining, what's in voltage, and, like those kinds of all the basics. Um, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, I was watching a bunch of like going on websites to like ink websites and watching their few videos. Um, I was just nerding out and trying to learn in every way I could, but um, and I'd have to do it informally because that's a, a a genre of art that, like, doesn't provide, like, an academia-based knowledge system or structure. So I had to pursue it, like, like, as any other artist with it doesn't have a formal education. So I had to, like, watch videos and fucking watch tutorials and, like, read about it and do all that shit. Um, But I did it, you know? I I did that for maybe six months before um, I did my first tattoo. And I did that, like, maybe six months before graduating on my cousin's um. <laughs> oh my God, he's such an asshole. He made me do. No, what was your a first tattoo? Quarter of? moon, but like a full moon with like the quarter moon showing, and then like the rest of it shaded. I'm like, you asshole! You're gonna make me do a perfect circle for my first tattoo. Like, do you know how much of a thick move that is? Like, that is like the hardest thing to do. <laughs> um, but it didn't come out too bad. I mean, it's it's shitty, but it's not, like, too shitty, I guess, like, thank God, um, he wears it proudly, I, I love him so much, (laughs) but later on, I, I did another tattoo on him, another perfect circle tattoo, and this time on his forearm, like, where everybody can see it, and it's really nice, so I'm really grateful for him, because, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he, he he donated his leg, that's what that was, he was like, I know it's gonna suck, and I know it's gonna look shitty, but, like, I'm here for you, cuz, Go ahead and do your thing. I'm like, oh, my God, you are my best friend. Like, sit down. Let's do this shit. Uh, so grateful <laughs> for him. But, uh, yeah, so that's where that started. And then I did some, like, small little right? tattoos. You know, I was, like, like a scratcher tattooing in my house. On my cousin that gave me all these machines. And as I'm tattooing him, he's, like, talking me through, like, what I'm doing. You know? And it's, like, you're going too deep or, like, you're going too light or, like, you know, talking me through, which is really interesting and a really good experience because um, um, it made me more comfortable with the machine before I could like pursue an actual apprenticeship, uh, which I did after. So I eventually um, did an apprenticeship at Ink Monkey in Venice Beach. um, And I was doing that, but I was also working part-time as a TA, like a teaching assistant at um a high school in Huntington Park so I was I was um assistant teaching like their art program so like seniors and juniors and sophomores um AP art and that was really fun like those kids were awesome so much fun to work with them not so much fun to work for a high school especially a charter school I don't want to get into that but um which is why I want to teach college level, but you know, because of like all the politics going to that shit. But um <laughs> but those kids are awesome. In fact, like I, I tattoo some of those kids that are my clients now, which is awesome. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really cool. But um i some of them are pursuing art now and I'm like oh, excited the that they are taking that path and that, that I could have inspired them in any way, like that is so rewarding in, in so many ways that I can't explain. Um so I was doing that, and I was doing my apprenticeship, so I was, like, fucking going to work at 8 a.m., getting out at 3.30 p.m., going to the shop by 4.30 p.m., getting out of there by 10 p.m., getting home at 11, and doing that, like, every fucking day. Um, and I did that for six months um, before I, Whoa. like, left school. And, um, and I was just, like... On my ass. like I was like, hit, I kind of hit like a bottom. I was like, dude, I'm gonna like go back to tattooing mean, my cousin in my garage. Like, what am I doing? You know, it's like, this is uh, you know, uh, there was all kinds of things going on with that that like I don't have to get into, but um, but I eventually um applied for like a shop in LA and I worked at a shop in LA I bounced around a couple of shops that were just like not good fit. Um, and by like the grace of god i don't know (laughs) like it was it was like the most random weird serendipitous thing um i was leaving the shop and i was like i just quit leaving the shop and one of the artists comes out and he's like dude you need to apply for me familia did you see the big season hiring and i was like yeah, but it says, like, five years experience, I've fucking been tattooing a year, like, he's not gonna hire me, like, I, you know, and like, I, I've only been licensed for, like, a few months, like, I'm fucking nobody, you know, like, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not experienced, and I, I don't, like, I'm not gonna kid myself, you know, and, uh, and so I was, like, you know, thanks for the heads up, like, you know, um, so I go mm. home, and I'm just, like, depressed, I'm, like, Tattooing my boyfriend. Like, <laughs> i like, sad, you know, fucking, you know. And then and then Big C's, <laughs> the owner of me likes like six or seven of my tattoo pictures on my Instagram page. And I'm like, oh shit, here's my chance, you know? <laughs> so then I messaged him and I was like, hey, what's up, Big C's? Like I'm a really big fan of your work, like, yeah. I know you guys are hiring, like, I do not have five years of experience, like, I'm a fucking novice, I just, like, left my apprenticeship and this and this, but I'm a hard fucking worker and I'm I'm very diligent and I promise you that, like, I, I will, like, work diligently and work hard and, like, I want to learn and I want to be around people, like, where I can learn and stuff, and he was like, well, come in and, like, bring some of your paintings, so I brought some paintings, I brought some tattoo pictures. And, you know, straight off the bat, he's like, you tattoo like shit. You know, <laughs> like he was like, he was like, he was like straight up. He's just like, yeah, you, you, know, <laughs> but, you know, you're going to fucking listen to me and you're going to like watch and you're going to learn and you're going to just like, you know, you're going to work. And, and, uh, and I did, I, like, I learned so much. I mean, in the six mo- first six months I was there, like, um, I was a different person tattooer like completely different tattooers, and like I've been there almost two years now it'll be two years in July and uh and my my tattooing time is cut in half you know like um I can see like how much better I've gotten over the years I see how my technique is tightening up I mean I have so far to go (laughs) I've only been tattooing like three years like two and a half years professionally and like three years like you know and, um, uh, and so I know that I'm a beginner and I just want, I'm just like a fucking sponge, dude. I right. just want to like see and learn and like experience and like share and, and, um, and like, that's what it's all about. You know, like, I love that there's this like crossover now between fine art and like tattooers. There's so many artists out there that are fine artists and, and, and tattooers, you know, like it's not they're tattooers, they're fine artists that tattoo or like they're tattooers that make fine art. It's like, there's, there, there doesn't have to be a distinction. It doesn't have to be a line, you know? Um, and, and I'm really like exploring that, like, not just like as a tattooer working for me, but as, um, a graduate student, like my thesis is based around tattooing and fine art and like the colonization and both and like those kinds of reflective elements and, um, and, like, those kinds of issues around, like, classism and then like, growing up in Los Angeles and, like, things that I feel um, I need to speak about or want to speak about. Um, but tattooing is definitely a big element of that. And it's definitely shaped who I am today. Like, the shop that I work for is incredible. I'm so grateful to work with these and work with a team that I work with. You know, every, every person that works at my shop is a damn good tattooer. Like, I would get tattooed by any of them, and that says something about a shop. Like, if you, I mean, a- any tattooer out there can tell you, if, like, if you can say that about everybody that you work with, then you work at a damn good shop, you know?
0: <laughs> I'm going to start asking people that question. Like, would, had you, had would you would you let shop. everybody, anybody yeah, tattoo you in the shop? Was, like, at, like but, hell, motherfucking um, No. Nah.
1: You know, it's like.
0: Can, can you talk a little bit oh, about. Yeah. Uh, I'm um, sorry to cut you off. But so can you talk a little bit about tachyno the oranges.
1: That stemmed from my apprenticeship. Uh, where I I took some of the oranges. That I was out at, at the shop. To the high school. And I just like left them sitting on my desk. And I remember we were gone. For like three days for the weekend. And I came back. And the 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 orange was like it was a, one grapefruit and or one orange and they were fine they were just like chilling. and I'm like all right well let's go let them roll you know, you're all tattooed up and um and they petrified they eventually petrified the rock hard now so I have these oranges and grapefruits that are two years old or two and a half years old almost three years old um, that are like rock hard and have tattooed images all over them so um from various like points like in the past few years and um i've created different images like different texts or like scripts and um and then different portraits and things like that on on the citrus um and then i've um done some performance pieces like taking them and place them back into the supermarket for their purchase and photograph them in the natural environment Um, I mean. So, what's I, usually I the response really when people see it? I have enough data to like make that kind of comment yet, but because uh, I'm still like exploring, I'm still exploring that like that whole practice. Like, whole <laughs> happening in like somewhere, like I'm working on something. But that um, okay. the skills that I have of that um, performance is like the piece. It wasn't really like. Being there, it was just like the images of them amongst the grapefruit or amongst the oranges, um, like in the supermarket setting, um, was more of a piece than the experience. I think in, in that in that performance. Yeah, but like, who's to say like in the okay, future, I see I where you're going. Video one, or it might like a live performance one. But this one, kind of like the photos of the performance, eventually became like the piece itself. Or the fruits that are now petrified in it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You have petrified fruit. <laughs> so, hey, and hey, you know the thing is, Danny, is you don't just stick to like one thing. You do still life, no, portraiture, um, landscape. You do it all. I, don't know. I wear a lot of hats. I'm not like uh, I'm just like.
1: It's funny because I've I've been told my whole life. My whole life people have always fucking said like uh you're a jack of all trades and like you're gonna be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Like you need to pick something, you need to settle down, you need to stop like jumping around and doing all this stuff and and um and I I don't know how. I don't know how to do that. Like I don't um I wish I did, you know, sometimes sometimes I wish I did, but I feel like because I don't I'm where I'm at now. So I can't like hate on my own process and the way that like I look. But I um I don't know. Like it, it goes back to that like needing to make art the way you do to survive, you know? It's like I just can't help myself. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I have no self control. What do you want me to say James? <laughs> I
0: don't- you know, I say, hey, this, I, I dig, I was just bringing it up, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we here. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's, that's part of, mm-hmm. you know, being an art artist, we have this insatiable desire yeah. to create, which is, uh, yeah. And that, that leads us here. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, Danny, we've been all over the map. Yeah. We talk cooking, tattooing, yeah. oil <laughs> painting. So what advice would you give to someone who you know is either pursuing Um, art or is looking to pursue art
1: it's like okay i watched a jim carrey commencement speech like a decade ago or so like whenever it came out not sure but when the year was but he gives this commencement speech and he talks about his dad and about how his dad was like a super funny dude he wanted to be a comedian, but he was an accountant. And after like 40-something years of being an accountant, he was laid off. And then he says, you know, if my dad taught me anything, it was, you can fail at something you hate. You might as well fail at something you love. And, And he says, you know, like every decision that you make in life is a decision made out of fear or a decision made out of love. And that super resonated with me um I started dissecting my life and like where I was making moves out of fear and where I was making moves out of love and and the decision to not pursue art was definitely a decision made out of fear um so I guess the best advice I would give my students when I was at that high the high school for a little bit of time or people that ask me about tattooing or me about things like that is that like Make your moves out of love and not fear, you know if this is like what you love, then like you need to do like what you love to do because like the money will come like if you love what you're doing, that energy will come like it's you have to have faith like you know it's like faith isn't like a concept that like everybody may understand, you know a lot of people like you know think it's like um kind of ridiculous concept, you know, um but Um, that's been my driving force, is I have the most faith in myself, and nobody can take that away from me, nobody can take that from me, nobody can give that to me, I give that to myself, and, and you have to have faith in yourself, like, you have to know that, like, you're strong enough, and that, like, you can, you can do anything that, like, you, you know, you put your money to, because, like, you're more than just a body, you're more than just a brain, and you're a spirit, you're a soul, and, like, um, all that, like, purity, um, can bring nothing but good into your life. I know that sounds super fucking hippie, but, like, I, I firmly believe, I firmly believe in that, you know, I firmly believe in karma, I believe in, like, in, in, like, (laughs) reaping and, and sowing, and, like, and, and positive energies, and, like, good vibes, and, like, and so if you make the decision to be an artist because it's what you love to do, then like you're not making the wrong decision. Like out that is it bottom line, you know? Um, but if you're making every uh... excuse in the book to not be an artist, like, oh well, because I have to provide for my family, I have to do this or this. And I know those are all like legitimate reasons, or you think they're legitimate reasons, but like like I don't know what to say. Like, if you want it, you got to do it. Like, and, and like, you just have to have faith. It's like, there's this, there's this, um, like analogy, like story about, uh, this guy that is, is like a, you know, a wise man. He comes to this town and, and, and this family sees him and they have a cow, like a dairy cow. And that's how they make their money. And they're like, what can we do? Like, we're poor. We're barely living. And this myth, and this wise man comes to the house and he slips the throat of the cow. Cow dies, and they're like, what did you do? That was the only source of income, this and this. Man leaves, comes back a year later, and the, the guy has, like, a whole farm, and he's like, hey, with, with the, the, the meat from the cow, we were able to, like, sell the meat and buy some goats and some chickens, and now we have chickens and we have goat milk and this and this and this. Um, and so, like, the, the moral of the story was, like, killing the cow, right? Killing the thing that's, like, holding you back from, like, moving forward if you're stagnant um and so like being aware of that cow and and making sure that cow doesn't come in the way of making their moves in love you know um i know that's a lot of like hippie analogy stuff but yeah that's kind of my thing
0: yeah <laughs> See that's uh, with that family she has left, y'all. That's a pearl right there. Open up the oyster. There's a pearl. So Danny, we gotta we gotta get them, Like it's hot um, right now. So we're we're go, we're she, about to mosey off. Do you know. have any uh, shout outs you want to
1: really give? Me. Like it's been really great. I appreciate you for bringing me on here. You know, I appreciate my mentors, the people that have like helped me along like my path, my journey. It hasn't been easy. I'm not the easiest person to work with or be around, I'm sure. But I appreciate you. Like, I appreciate everybody that like listens to this, everybody that like is interested in what I have to say. I'm just interested in sharing information and, and sharing our experiences. That's all. Reach out to me. Danny Campino on every platform is Danny Campino. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, Danny cantino uh, Yeah, I, well, and, you
0: answered that because uh, the I next question was tattoos, where can they find
1: me you? <laughs> you familiar, tattoos. or uh, Tattoos is our Instagram. Our webpage will be up soon. Working on that while quarantine. And uh, um, yeah, so hit me up with some tattoos or some fine art just to talk about art. Like I'm, I'm down. You know, always down for this.
0: there you go okay y'all heard it so you could be anywhere on the internet but you're here with us and we appreciate that catch us again next week same bs time same bs channel once again this some shit i just thought of y'all scientific fiction is not (laughs) admissible in no court of law i'm out of here like vladimir james and danny over and out